Welcome to another episode of Iron Supplements. This one is kind of a supplements on demand, or uh, maybe supplements by request is probably a better uh, way of looking at it. My brother, Brian Houghton, asked me a question about what it means to take every thought captive, this thought from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where he says that uh, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It seems that uh, for Brian, uh, he had heard that uh, recently, and it was probably the first time that he had really uh, thought about what it meant, and he was interested in hearing what I thought it meant. And I'm excited about that. There is nothing that I enjoy more than digging into the Word and looking for the context and preparing uh, to uh, share it, share the Word of God with other people. And anytime I get a question like that, it gets my uh, spiritual uh, blood pumping. And so I promised him that I would look into that And I've been reading uh, this passage again and again, trying to to see what Paul had in mind. And so today I'm going to fulfill that takeout order, that uh, supplement on demand, and uh, thank Brian uh, for paying for my lunch that day when uh, he asked this question by sharing with him and with you all about what it means to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, here on Iron Supplements. So let's read the Word of God together. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-6. through 6. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am, quote-unquote, timid when face-to-face face with you, but, quote-unquote, bold towards you went away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So I'm chomping at the bit to get to the practical application of this word. But before I do, I just want to share with you a little background information about the church at Corinth. Because Paul has a long history with these believers. And we see from his letters to them that this is a church that has a lot of problems. And they're pretty immature. They are not unified. There's a lot of disunity. There is fighting. Uh, There's chaos in their assemblies. There's such immorality that Paul says it's something that not even the pagans practice and you're proud of it. And 
we we know that all of this comes from these new babes in Christ coming in from a very diverse and paganistic culture. And they are being mixed in with people who are coming from a very strong religious Jewish background. And these two kinds of worldviews are colliding and it's causing all kinds of problems. And we know that that what's going on in Corinth at this time is what we see now uh, from a humanistic point of view as a great time of philosophy, a great time of, of human thought. Some of the greatest philosophers of, of all time come from this time period. And so we know that the, this idea that reason and knowledge and some great, great contributions to the world, such as the concept of democracy, comes from this type of thinking process that's happening in Greece at this time. And so that leads rise to this idea, this religion of Gnosticism, in which knowledge is the ultimate pursuit. Human knowledge is the ultimate pursuit. And if human knowledge is the ultimate pursuit, then what need do you have of a God? If all that you can know is what you can experience here in the physical realm, well, then you start to discount anything that is spiritual. And so human knowledge is elevated and spiritual knowledge is devalued. And that is the culture into which Paul is speaking. So what their complaint was, was that when Paul addressed them and told them the truth about the spiritual nature and about what God requires of his people, they think he's being harsh. And they kind of say, yeah, big man speaking from a distance. When you're here, you're all sweet and kind and cuddly, but when you go off and... and you write to us, you, you use these really big, bold words. Why don't you come say that to our face is kind of the, the attitude that is taken. And Paul, in this address, is basically letting them know that truth is bold. That truth sometimes is harsh. It is a strong weapon. And he is not afraid to use it. And so we're going to explore how Paul uses this weapon to demolish strongholds. So one of Paul's favorite analogies to what it means to walk as a Christian is to use this idea that we are in a war. That there's this spiritual battle between things that God desires, what the Spirit desires, and then what the world desires, what Satan desires. And these two things are at such conflict. And the battlefield is really taking place in our mind, and it's trying to take captive our thoughts. (laughs) And we see this play out. uh, He talks about in Romans about how he wants to do good, but when he, even, even when he wants to do, he finds this other law at work, this, 
this law that wages war against the, the members of his body, that he, he can't carry out the good that he wants to do. He wants to do good, but evil is right there with him. His innermost desire is to walk with God and to please God and to follow God's law. But this other force is right there with him, always fighting. And that's what he's talking about here. He says, you know, we live in this world, but we do not use the weapons that this world uses to fight. See, there's a fight going on even within this body, in, in the church. It's happening between among believers, and it's happening between Paul and his critics. And his critics are saying, man, he is a really bold, offensive man, and he needs to be discounted. And, he, and what he is saying is, listen, that is a very humanistic approach to argument. And we see this playing out in the world today. You know, human thought is limited. Humanism is limited because it denies the existence of the spiritual. And so there's nothing greater than what we can think. And if there's nothing greater than what we can think, there is no real morality. There is no real concept of truth. If there's nothing more than what we can think, then our thoughts are our reality. And there's nothing to speak to a greater reality or a greater truth, an absolute truth. You see, if there's nothing more than what we think, then everything is just relative. Nothing is objective. But we know that there's something greater. We know that there is a creator God who made this world, who spoke it into existence and spoke the nature, the, the laws of nature into existence. The things that, that we cannot deny if we're seeking truth. And he, he gives us a moral compass by which we can judge right and wrong. If there is no objective truth, there is no right and wrong other than what we decide is right and wrong. And so what we see is uh, when we speak to truth, the world has really no defense against that truth. And so what do they do? They use different tactics. For example, when we talk about how the Bible mentions that homosexuality is a sin, that is a truth. The Bible says homosexual acts are sinful. But the way the world attacks that premise is not to deal with the truth of it, but to say that those who espouse such views are hateful. They, they say that, that that is hate speech, and therefore you cannot hold that thought because you're just a hateful person. You must be just pushed aside. And so... They use human reasoning, human emotion, human thought to just discount truth. And we see this happening time and time again. And what is happening in the church at Corinth is there is a lot of, of these kinds of human ideas going on, all these philosophies, all these different religions, these different paganistic 
practices that are making their way into the church, and everybody brings in their own beliefs as their truth, not knowing any better. And Paul says, okay, we need a different kind of weapon to deal with this. There is a weapon that is so powerful that it demolishes every pretense. It demolishes every humanistic idea. It demolishes anything that cannot stand up to the light of day, the light of truth. See, the truth of God, God's way, God's message, God's plan demolishes everything else. And so, this is so applicable to today's culture. We see that there is an ongoing effort to demolish the idea of objective truth. We hear that biological sex is just a social construct, that there is no male and female, that there are 70-some-odd different genders out there. And you can be whatever you want to be just by thinking that that's what you are. If you are a man who thinks that you he is a woman, then you can be a woman. doesn't matter how God created you because there is no God. So what you think of yourself is more important than truth. And instead of dealing with truth and helping people through the, the, the lies that Satan tries to put into their life, we just accept the lies. And that is like building the house on quicksand. It's only going to fall apart. And we see this in our culture. And Paul is saying that we have this power, this knowledge of God, this understanding of His will and His way that is perfect. And there's nothing, no human thought that can stand against it. And that we are to take everything, every message that comes our way and put it to that test. How well does it stand up to the word of God, the truth and the knowledge of God? Instead of just blindly accepting messages, we are to remember that we are at war and that the enemy has a message that he wants to us to accept. And if we blindly accept every message, we can be easily infiltrated. We can have our thoughts infiltrated and we can be susceptible to Satan's attacks. And we do this all the time. Man, I see it so much. I see so many messages uh, in, in Facebook from, from friends who I know who are Christians that are just accepting these, these lies that Satan tries to put out there. And it breaks my heart. Because if we really stood to the idea that we need to take every thought, every pretense, every message that comes our way captive and subject it to Christ and His knowledge and the knowledge of God, 
then we would know what messages are real and true and can stand the test of time and will hold up and which will just crumble under the weight of truth. And so I think Paul is saying, listen, we recognize that we're at war and the war is the battle for our mind, for our thoughts, because our thoughts rule our actions and ultimately what comes out of our heart and our mind are the things that we do. And so the battle is for the mind because ultimately our mind will determine where our heart is. So if we start with the heart for God and then we try to take on the mind of Christ, we have an objective set of values and truths by which we can uh, test every thought that comes our way. That we can literally, in war, look at every message as a potential rival. And it needs to be examined. It needs to be taken captive and be made obedient to the knowledge of God. And that's what he's talking about here. And brothers, I am telling you, now is a time where this cannot be a more relevant message. Our culture is trying to demolish the thought of God by human reason. And we, as a body of believers, have a truth that is more powerful than that. And yet, we do not take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so, the world's message is winning out, even within the church. And I would imagine that there are times when that happens even among you who are listening to this message. I know that it is a constant struggle for me. So it is so vital that we learn the Word of God, that we absorb His truth, that we commit to living by His truth, and that we commit to not taking in information without examining it. Every message that you read, every thought that is expressed to you needs to be examined and not just instantly accepted. It has to stand the truth of God. And that's what it means to take every thought captive. Man, brothers, I love you all so much. And I'm so, so grateful for my Iron Man family and the encouragement that you give me. Um, I love the fact that uh, you, you guys ask me these questions. Thank you, Brian, for, for uh, the suggestion for this podcast. I hope it was a blessing to you. Brothers, if you'd like to share this message, get it out to as many people as possible. Uh, who knows, when we plant a small seed, what uh, fruit it may bear. Uh, we saw this past Monday night that uh, just planting a small seed of worshiping God together uh, had some pretty big 
fruit that was born and uh, so many people joining us and being blessed by uh, what uh, what we participated in we will meet again Monday Iron Man meeting and we will do it uh, inside this time in the very large fellowship hall at Argyle Church of Christ seven o'clock we will abide by the social distancing rules so we invite you to come in we'll have the chairs spaced out we'll have plenty of hand sanitizers you can bring your masks but we still want to participate in uh, sharing the message the word of God together we're going to start a new study the book of Romans I cannot wait to share that with you and more importantly I'm just looking forward to again being together with you guys fellowship with you and just living this life and striving to live out our uh, motto our our creed that is as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another thank you iron man i'll see you monday